Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to the aftermath of AEW uh, Collision. Uh, yes, folks, say it with me. After the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage. Brought to you by channelattitude.com. Please subscribe for $5 a month and the Hameen Media Group. This is the wreckage. <laughs> I'm Chris Ams. Uh, I guess for today, I'm Constable Ams. Um, I am Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like Lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Um, don't worry, folks. If you ever forget how to spell my last name, I'll just fucking remind you at the beginning of every show. Uh, joining me is my usually unusual co-host with the most from the Port Phillip Coast. I'm tired today, Jimmy, and I don't want to rhyme. But we got shit to do, and it's fucking prime time. Jimmy T. Posise. Filos. Very good, very good yourself, Chris. Yeah, I'm man. I'm holding in. Oh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all by right. By the way, by the way, it's Detective T for tonight. Detective T. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a T, literally. <laughs> it does. It does. It sounds. It sounds like the kind of T that you would get like in the middle of England, where they're like, where they're like, you know, they've got like 18 different types of tea and they yeah. all basically taste exactly the same, but they think they're different because the English are fucking crazy people about their tea. <laughs> fucking tea drinkers. And there's uh, Chabella Veracruz, by the way, the professor saying, rename wreckage to punkage. What's up? <laughs> or punk. <laughs> Should be punked from now on, shouldn't it? Oi, oi vey. Um... I got, you know, uh, since Prof is here, and uh, he probably didn't hear me give him a shout out uh, the last the last time I did, which was a few episodes ago. But I gotta say, man, that uh, that most recent uh, what if episode that they did about Shane McMahon buying WCW was mwah, that was a fucking awesome episode, dude. That well, that was uh, that entertained me for a while when I was out driving the truck. Good job. Well, there's another one coming tonight. Just so you know. Right on. Well. I'm looking forward to it. There you go. There you go. See, I'm plugging things just at the right fucking time. Yes. Shout out to the prof. Shout out to the professor. Um, yeah. Well, Jimmy. God damn there's, it. There's some news. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that is. I mean, talking about sifting through wreckage. I mean, it's our job to sift through this fucking wreckage, dude. Motherfucker, dude. I, uh. <laughs> Yeah. Speechless. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there is a lot of children working amongst men, apparently. Oh, man. You talk about childishness. Like, I, <laughs> I watched that video. So I guess, like, we're going to just get right into the show because it's part of the show. It was they made it part of the show, right? It was the first fucking thing we saw tonight was Tony fucking Khan. Uh, saying that, uh, you know, um, today I made the decision to release <laughs> Phil Brooks, CM Punk, from his contract for cause. Um, <laughs> I did this after uh, my lawyers took about a week to make sure that I could fire him legally um, <laughs> and that I wouldn't get in trouble for it or lose any of my money. So, uh, also, the reason why I did it was because there was a fight happening somewhere near me and I feared for my life and for the safety of those involved. Like, get fucked, man. Get like, 
this this situation like him fucking talking and then like i don't know if you've seen like the videos of him doing this live oh, in chicago absolutely i have oh my god chicago just ate him alive he got you're a pussy chance going and it's his oh, fucking dude. company like you the owner else? of the company got you're a pussy chanted at him oh dude even shut the fuck the way people were screaming shut the fuck up uh, all you hear right is everyone's boo and then just suddenly Hey, shut the fuck up! And then another dude, shut the fuck up! You know what I mean? Like, it's coming in stereo, dude. Look, from every fucking angle, I'm like, yo. And speaking uh, of yo, 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 Jimbo. What's going yo, on, Jimbo. bro? Yo, yo. What's cracking? Bienvenido. Uh, bienvenue. Yeah. And welcome. From one, from one J to another. Yeah, yeah. also, also, Vilkomen. Um, how do you say welcome in Greek? Uh, welcoming Greek is, um, uh, Yasul. Okay, well, there you go. You've gotten welcomed in, like, five different languages already. <laughs> this is the kind of amazing shit that happens <laughs> on the wreckage. Um, yeah, but, bro, I don't, I don't, like, when I saw, like, when I saw him say, okay, I've released CM Punk, it was like, okay, I think it's the wrong decision. I, I, I really do. I think it's the wrong decision. I think the right decision would be to restructure the company based around professionals instead of, you know, your friends. But hey, it's your money. It's your it's your billions of dollars. You do whatever the fuck you want with it. Dude, I, I really... Dude, he fine. was in danger of his life. He was I, fearing that, of death. Bro, that... Remember that? That... That... <laughs> Like, come on! Like, I was, I was in fear of my life because there was a, there was violence happening somewhat near me. This is exactly why, and I have said this for a while now, Jimmy. Do you know what's honestly missing for most men in today's society? Uh, testosterone. Well, okay, fair enough. Um, but no, like honestly, what most men, I honestly believe, need, they need to get punched in the face once oh, every. Wow. Once every six months or so, just I, mean, shit. Ju I don't even mean I don't even mean like in a in a, in a violent Dude. evil way where somebody's trying to beat the shit out of you. Go to a boxing gym. Tell somebody, hey, listen, I want to get in the boxing gym for just a couple minutes. Punch me in the face a few times. Do that <laughs> once every six months, and I guarantee fucking to you, we would have less of this shit. Uh, uh, funny, I feared for my life because there was violence happening somewhat near me. Fuck yes. off. He was fearing his life. And speaking of six months, every six months, it was about six months ago where I got punched, funny enough. Remember oh. that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, motherfucker. Well, anyway. did you die? No, of course not. No, I'm and not scared. I'm not scared to go out. And how scared? Exactly. <laughs> You're actually, I really believe this, okay? I really believe this as a principle, Jimmy. I believe that if you've ever been in a fist fight in your life, you are less scared than if you haven't well, been. There have been people out there that have gotten PTSD over just one incident, bro. Okay. I mean, I've those been punched people, a million times in my fucking years. Those <laughs> people are what we like to call weak cunts. Because weak cunts, yes. Those motherfuckers seriously don't need to be part of a reproductive system anymore. We don't need more of them. Okay. If you get, if you, if you feared for your life. Because somebody else was fighting somewhat near your direction, you don't need to have kids. Like, we don't need to live in a world where you continue to, pr to produce. <laughs> well, the good news is he hasn't produced, thank fuck. But apparently he, uh, Punk did lay hands on TK. So 
that's apparently the word on the street. Yeah. Okay. And if that's the case, my point I mean, stands. My point stands. You should get punched in the face once every six months so that you know you're not made of glass and that it won't <laughs> fucking kill you to get punched in the face. It's okay. It's all right. Well, I think he's exaggerating anyway. I don't think he even got punched in the face. I, I think Punk got hot. You know, people were trying to break him up. You know what I mean? Apparently, that's when Joe grabbed uh, Punk aside while he was losing his shit to fucking TK. He's screaming out, I quit. No, you're fired, it seems, instead. And you know what I don't understand, right? This idiot named Tony, mm-hmm. right? I know T's are the thing for tonight, right? It's it's the T show, literally. But, dude, this guy has no idea what the hell he's doing in anything, bro. I mean, who the hell was this committee? And I'm hearing rumors that Aubrey Edwards was one of them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it was Aubrey Edwards and Kenny Omega and Mark Jackson. And and oh, sorry, you're right. Mark and Mark Marks, Mark and Mark Jackson. Um, (laughs) So here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to go over everything that happened this this last week to CM Punk. And you tell me if it's not if it's not Tony Khan's fault for not putting his fucking foot down before any of this shit happened. Okay. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so so first of all, the first thing that we that we heard happened was that there was a meeting set up. It was supposed to take place with the elite and CM Punk. They were supposed to come together, figure things out, bury the fucking hatchet, and move forward. Right? Supposedly, that was apparently supposed to happen, right. and then the elite said, "No, we're not doing it." Wow. Well, apparently, your Jimbo says in, in the chat, by the way. Committees Aubrey, Christopher Daniels, and Tony Schiavone. Oh, yeah, right. Because Christopher Daniels is going to be perfectly impartial to the guy who kicked him out of fucking collision. Come on. Well, (laughs) he's a talent relations guy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. We're going to, you know, CM Punk, we're going to make a committee, and that committee is going to be Mark Jackson, uh, Nick Jackson, (laughs) and... um, and and uh, and Kenny Omega, and they're going to impartially decide. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continue on about the events, yeah. and I'll and I, and I'll tell you what I think. All right. So the the elite basically canceled that meeting and said, "No, we're not going to do that." So CM Punk's probably already pretty hot because he's like, "Fuck, man." He's been saying since the fucking incident happened. Basically, listen, I want to I want to move on. I want to be able to move on. I want to do business even. Right. He wants to do business. He wants to be able to move forward. They said, no, we're not having this meeting anymore. Okay, fine. CM Punk then is reading on Twitter as the travel coordinator for his company likes a tweet that basically says, fuck CM Punk. So great. (laughs) Much happier now after I read that. Then he gets to London, tries the number that he's been given for the fucking for the from the travel coordinator. And there's no answer. Uh, it's the wrong fucking number. So he's stuck in London by himself with no with no travel. So now he gets on the fucking tube to try to find the fucking arena. He's going all over London trying to figure out where he's going. Oh, there. I'm, I'll, I'll get to you in a second there. Uh, <laughs> and um, and uh, so he's lost in London. Some fans fucking tell him how to get there. He finally gets to the show. He gets to the show. So at this point, he's been he's been told, all right, we're going to have a meeting with the elite. 
all right, the elite have canceled the meeting. We're not going to do that anymore. Uh, the travel coordinator has liked a tweet that says you suck. You've gotten to London and the travel coordinator fucked up your travel. You finally get to the arena and you walk up to the you walk up to the monitor getting ready for your match and there's Jack Perry talking shit about you on live television in a situation where he thinks he's going to be able to just get away with it cuz hey why wouldn't i get over on a guy who's the biggest name in the sport and be able to get away with it right remember does everybody remember when uh when SA Rios uh came out on Sunday night heat and talked shit about stone cold Steve Austin and then didn't have anything happen to him does everybody remember that no Okay, well, that's because it would never have fucking happened. Um, <laughs> so, if you're CM Punk, let me just say, like, I understand the people saying, all right, CM Punk, you know, it's unprofessional, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know exactly what happened, and we don't. But if you've already had all of this shit happen to you, I, I can understand a Phil Brooks being like, you know what? <laughs> I don't even fucking want to be here anymore. Fuck this place. So, honestly and legitimately, and I do not care about, uh, like, anybody else can argue whatever they want. All of this comes down to Tony Khan not fucking putting his foot down, okay? Right at the beginning of this fucking week, when they had a, when they had a meeting scheduled with the elite, and then the elite said, no, we're not going to do it. Tony Khan should have put his foot down and said, you are going to fucking do it. You're going to be at that motherfucking meeting now. You're going to the fucking meeting. Okay? Right. We're going to sit down. We're going to hash this shit out because my fucking EVPs, my 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 good buddies who I, who I pretend I started the company with, even though all of the money was mine, um, <laughs> these guys uh, are going to sit down with my biggest star, the biggest merch seller, the biggest name that I have. They're going to sit the fuck down. You guys are going to come to some kind of a fucking conclusion. I don't care if it takes you three fucking nights. I'll keep ordering pizza. You're going to figure it out. Figure it the fuck out, guys. Okay? Now, after that happened, when I see that my travel coordinator is on fucking social media liking a post... Basically saying that my biggest star, the biggest merch seller, the biggest name that I have in my company is a piece of shit and I hate him. Guess what happens to my travel coordinator? You're Damn. fired. <laughs> I can get somebody fucking else. You, your job is not some impossible fucking thing that nobody in the world has ever figured out before or could ever possibly figure out. You're a travel coordinator. You are not... A fucking god. You're not making me money. You're not bringing eyes to my product. You are not worth anything to me if you're pissing off my biggest fucking draw. You're fired. You're gone. So as soon as CM Punk finally does show up to London, I say, Phil, listen. Okay? Listen, Phil. <laughs> I understand what happened, and I am so fucking sorry. I am going to figure out a way to make it up to you, but just so we're aware, that fucking guy is fired. He's gone. He's he's he, right now he's gone. We don't have to fucking deal with that guy no more. Okay? I do the Vince McMahon after that pyro guy set the Undertaker on fire. You're fired before you're even back. Before I even fucking see you back from the curtain, that guy's already fired. Okay? All right, Mark? All right, Mark? <laughs> that guy's fired. Okay? <laughs> and then hell, and then if I'm watching 
and I see Jungle Boy talk some fucking shit, the second he comes back, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm snatching him by his fucking hair and being like, listen, you little fucking prick. And I'm making sure that Phil's there to see it, right? Listen, you little fucking prick. This is not the way we fucking do business. If, if we had something set up between you and Phil for the future, I understand that you're trying to get heat moving into a program. But if you're just trying to get yourself over on somebody who's at 18 levels above you in the fucking pecking order, the answer is fuck no, you can't do that on national TV, you little fucking shithead. <laughs> oh, you're spot on, and that was well put, actually, Chris. But before we continue, let's introduce our other co-host. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Fed. You... <laughs> The vet, ladies and gentlemen, he asked if there was room, and my answer is, was, and always will be, there is always room for you on any show that I'm doing, vet. If I have to leave so that you so that you have room on a show that I'm doing, you are more than welcome to my spot. Vet, oh my welcome God. to the show. Welcome to the wreckage. Yeah, give me a chair, kid. <laughs> um, no, but uh, thank you very much. Um, you'd never have to leave because I probably wouldn't want to do the show if you weren't on it. Uh, no offense, Jimmy, but we've done a lot oh. of shows. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the so um, interesting, interesting. So so I guess I walked in on the middle of something. Did, why did something happen over the weekend? Uh, I'm not sure if oh, there was any at all. No significant news or anything like that. Basically, the too long uh, didn't read version of what you were saying is, you know, we had the uh, we had the bears at the zoo. Okay, and someone jumped into the bear pit and started poking it. And they've been doing it for about, oh, I don't know, how long? A year? Fuck. And then uh, the bear mauls the person who jumped in the pit. And then they uh, have to put the bear down in the bear pit. <laughs> don't even give it a chance. We just got to take him down. I'm sorry, we got to put you down. You know, that's basically what ended up happening here, right? I mean, do this I basically fact. have that? This is facts. This is facts being spit yeah. at your earlobes, at your eye holes, if you're watching. <laughs> facts. Holes, yeah. Right. And it, and it would work, too. Like, they knew it would work because look who we're talking about. You know? Right. It's true. You're right, actually. And do you think it, it was, is there some sort of conspiracy here at all, Vic? Well, yeah, to a degree. I mean, I'm sure that they thought that the... Uh, I'm sure that they thought that storming into his locker room a year ago would have been enough to get him fired, and it just didn't work out the way they wanted, so they just had to bide their time. Wow. I mean, that that's basically what it seems like to me, you know, uh, conspiracy-wise. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that that's essentially, essentially what you've done here is you set it up, and you got the result that you wanted, the result that you always wanted. And now where Punk is wrong is he should have seen that. Um, he gave them exactly what they wanted. And he should have known better because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy. I notice a lot of parallels between he and I. And I don't want to, want to get into like a whole other separate thing and make the show longer, whatever. So like I try to, I try to look through like my lens to try to figure out what he thinks and i'm pretty sure that he should have seen it coming but i can also see how dude you are on top of everything the, the story that chris said you got to also remember 
for the guys that haven't been, you know, in, in a position to go out in front of a crowd and, and, and have a match or things like that, when you're psyching yourself up, you are jacked on adrenaline, you know? So you're sitting there waiting your turn and this fucking kid comes back and purposely starts shit with you who he's jacked up on adrenaline too. That adrenaline wouldn't have gone down until whatever in the, in the wee hours of the morning when he was in his hotel room. So Perry's jacked up on adrenaline, punk's jacked up on adrenaline or getting there. And you have this combustible element right there. It, it, it's easy to say he should have known better and not, you know, not fell for it, but goddamn, you know, like in that situation, and someone gets in your face, you just, after everything else, after everything, it didn't start that day. It didn't even start with the, the travel coordinator or, or, you know, it didn't start with that. It started with hangman page going into business for himself on live TV, you know, and that's where it started. And it's been building and piling upon since then. So could he have handled things better? Of course he could have. And he said that. If you remember when he came back, he said that publicly. He also made sure to say that he reached out to everybody and nobody was having it so that he's got all his bases covered. But eventually they got what they wanted. So here we are. Wow. Yep. When you put it like that, Vet, it sounds even more crazy because it just does feel like a total setup. But let's be honest, you say about the adrenaline with Punk, I mean, it all started from when he got off the plane. <laughs> he had to get a train to his hotel because yeah. his pickup guy wasn't there. I mean, and apparently the number didn't didn't work. It wasn't even the right number. Right. So I would have already been pissed just walking into the building as it was. So I don't blame him losing his shit, but you're right. He should have known better, especially considering he's a vet. And he just should have known because these everyone's just poking the bear. Like you said, vet, it, they kept poking, kept poking, and he kept biting. And why? I have no idea. But then again, maybe he wanted to get fired. I mean, there's well, also think of, about that. Think about it this way. See, it, it, w one of the funny things about this is that Punk had to be dragged out of retirement. Right. Like, there's a lot of aspects of the story that get caught up because we're focusing on what the most recent thing is. But the way you hear the story told is that it took years of, like, you know, hey, come on, let's talk about this and stuff. Deal making with Tony calling Punk personally and trying to sell him on the idea, you know, of coming out of retirement to do something. And, you know, that, that appealing to, well, I don't know what Tony appealed to, but I can see a guy like Punk's like, well, I don't need to do anything else in this business. I've already got to the top of the business. So, but I can give back, you know, I can do something like be a player coach. It's fucking Twitter handles coach, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he changed. Didn't he change it to player coach when he came yep. back or something like that? Absolutely. Okay. So I didn't even think about that till after I said it. But yeah. So you you again trying to think the way I would think or what I would feel if I was in those situations. I never would have showed my face ever again personally. Like if I got toasted two times in UFC in front of the world, I would never show my face in public again. But that's just me. Like, you can't go back to fake fighting after real fighting, but that's me. So I never thought he would do it. He eventually did it. He came back, you know. It, he seemed like he wanted to help. He didn't seem like he was there for a paycheck. He was basically doing everything but, like, you know, carrying guys' bags for him. You know, he did commentary. He did matches. He did promos. He did whatever was needed. 
and he seemed like he wanted to be a team player and you know him getting over probably you know the people that didn't want him there they wanted to get rid of him as soon as possible because you know a real wrestler showed up and they don't like that so so there you go that is exactly my feelings on the subject is basically a real wrestler showed up and everybody backstage went well i mean i main evented the tokyo dome so i mean who cares like that literally that kind of bitchiness is exactly the kind of fucking energy i've felt from the elite and from that whole california crew ever since punk showed up it was mm-hmm. well i mean he's he's not he's not he's not selling that much merchandise and it's like no yeah he is he a fucking tool like he's an actual draw in the world of professional wrestling unlike right. 99% of the fucking company. Like and and by the way, you know, the only guy that did main event the Tokyo Dome is probably the guy that would have had the least problem with it in the first place. Yeah. You know, it, it's the that. other guys I mean, that I could think, never. I, yeah, I think <laughs> you know? Kenny would have I think that Kenny would have buried the hatchet if it wasn't for Mark and Mark Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But by the way, I you know, I did go to his Twitter. I'm talking about um CM Punk's Twitter a bit earlier. And ironically, he's deleted a, a shitload of posts, especially since his return. Everything is just gone. Can we can we highlight something? And I actually want to ask Vet about yep. this. So um, the artist returns, uh, not oh the boy. last one, but the one up one where he said uh, a player. This coach. last one. Not the last one, but the one before that. Uh, a player coach. Uh, however, being a good player coach requires the ability to work with everyone nicely in the sandbox. No, it fucking doesn't. Sometimes being a player, being a good player coach requires you to tell some of your fucking players, hey, you know how you were out until three o'clock in the morning at the fucking strip club? You're not fucking doing that again, you shithead. But, That's but. sometimes what it's required as a leader on a fucking team. You have to be able to put your foot down. And it's the requirement. If you're if if you're the fuck if you're Tony, you've brought CM Punk back, you've basically told him you want him as a player coach, you want him to help, you want him to bring everybody up and elevate them. You've you've like that's the thing is Tony basically brings CM Punk in. He says, Okay, I want you to be a player coach. I want you to help. I want you to fix things up. I want you to do what you're gonna do to make us more successful, CM Punk. Then he does. And then everybody gets fucking bitchy at him because he's come in and he's going, well, this is wrong. This thing that we're doing is wrong and it's stupid and we shouldn't do it. No, uh, we shouldn't take an actual fucking glass and smash it over your head on live TV because that kind of glass shatters and can go everywhere and might get in your fucking eyeballs. You dipshit. No. And then everybody's going, well, why does CM Punk feel like he can say that? Because he's been told he can by the fucking guy who owns the goddamn company. But see, there's the problem though, Chris, because the guy that owns the actual company, I'm assuming, is also like yesing to what Jungle Boy wanted to do, for example, right? With the real glass. Yeah. Well, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, he was told no several times by people before Punk even got to the building. So yeah. I don't know if that's true, really? but, but if it is, it sounds true. I mean, you know. What was told to me was that he was told no by a number of people, including Tony Schiavone, who then, when Punk showed up to the building, went to Punk and said, 
listen, we can't get him to fuck off about this glass thing. Can you talk to him? Is that what mm. apparently happened? Really? So Yes, that's what apparently happened. And so think about that. Now, remember, this is punk show, right? So, Supposedly. so yeah. So if he's, if, if Jungle Boy is on this show and he hasn't been sent home, you know, like a Christopher Daniels or a Matt Hardy or somebody else that tried to show up, which obviously Tony also has to sign off on if Punk is going to have people sent home, right? Like, you don't just get to make those decisions, so Tony has to be, you know, uh, complicit in that. Then, um, obviously, that means that Punk wanted you there because he saw something in you because this is kind of his roster and it's the people that he wants to work with. So, have getting the invitation to be on the show, you know, jungle boy probably had, was kind of over and looked at as a project like okay i could do something with this kid too i want to help the kid you know and then this is how you know this is the uh this is what we get but it but it is interesting though that um that the comment came from the artist because i was assured by the artist that this was all a work like it's been a work since brawl out right so so it's just a work like this is we're all just getting work so don't worry artist i mean we don't have to worry about who's a good player, coach, or anything like that. This is all a work. It's been a work. You know, I've been assured by him. I've been assured by oh, Ben Hameen, uh, Tim Baltimore, and several ben other too. people in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a work. So don't worry, guys. Like, this is all going to come back together uh, when he shows up at All Out and Jack Perry shows up at All Out tonight and the fireworks will explode. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, all three of us don't think that way, that's for sure. No, and I did at first. Like when when the you brawl did. out That's thing true. happened, the, the first did. thing I thought was, "This can't be real." <laughs> these, these guys are these, these guys are working the, the crew. These guys are working the fans, and it's going to turn into something. But I mean, it didn't take very long. Within about two weeks, I was like, "Oh no, this really is this company really is this poorly managed." Okay, no, this really is this bad. Okay. Well, you see what happens when they book angles and they try to work. Like you see how those go. You know, why would you put your effort towards something, you know, and and do it this this well when everything else you do on your television, which, by the way, as a side note, like, I don't want to see any more backstage uh, fighting. I don't want to see any more kidnappings. I don't want to see any more home invasions. Uh, if, if we're not allowed to get into a, a little bit of fisticuffs amongst employees, then I don't want to see any more angles built around that. Because everybody in AEW through storyline means should be fired with cause by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. T no, top exactly. to bottom. Plus, yeah. for anyone that thinks it's a work, AEW are not, they, they don't think that deeply. They can't come up with something that good. Yeah. They just can't. So no. that's why. If, if this was a work, then I'm willing to say that it might be like one of the best, one of the best works ever. Like it might be one of the most like, deeply written like most like intelligently planned out works of all time and does that actually sound like something that is capable of happening from aew because no chance. if you've been watching the product and we've given them the no. benefit of the doubt in the past chris where we think just maybe they're going this way but we're always wrong when we think that way always so you know what i mean Always. Always. And this company gets 5% out of everything that they do. If they have a good idea, they get 5% of the value that's there on the table. And then 95% just goes off into nothingness while their fans re online about how wonderful that triple back to back Canadian destroyer spot was. Oh my Fuck. God. Let's not even go there. 
so that's yes yes <laughs> yeah that's crazy that's i, I can't uh, imagine how that happened um uh, all right, so Vet, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about specifically before we get into Collision, actually, sure. because we do have to cover Collision. That's what we do on this show. <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted to ask you about something. So you, you've been a professional wrestler. You you understand that there are levels in the locker room, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're brand new, right, versus you're, you know, the Hulk Hogan of the locker room, there are certain things that you have to abide by right depending on where you are in in the pecking order there is a pecking order in a professional wrestling locker room am i right usually okay so if you're like because i've seen people say oh why did cm punk even have to say say anything to him just because he called him out and it's like bro you don't get professional wrestling if you think it's okay for a jungle jack perry to publicly on national television call out cm punk mm, those guys that? are on vastly different levels right well before like, bef- before you continue i just gotta say one thing because you brought up a good point i have to say before i forget there's a video floating around on youtube where they were in the uk just before wembley right just mm-hmm. to do like uh it's like some sort of convention this is probably about a month and a half ago and jungle boy was in the ring and they asked him about if he wanted to work with punk and to say awkward is an understatement. He just stopped, paused, and he just, he was getting upset. And he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Just, I don't want to talk about it. Clearly stating to me that he just doesn't like the guy. And he seems, to, this seems to stem back a little further back than we even realize. And well, who are his friends? To, well, right, and, exactly. but, but what happened to, okay, I don't like the guy. All right. Like, if I was a professional wrestler and fucking, like, if I'm Billy Kidman in WCW circa 2000 and someone says, hey, we're going to have you working with Hulk, even if I fucking hate Hulk, even if Hulk is the last fucking person in the world that I would ever want to have a beer with, my reaction is, fuck yeah, baby, break out the red panties. I'm working with Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Is this, am I just, am I so fucking old that I still just remember when professional wrestlers were A, men, and B, business-minded? Like, what the fuck? Everyone's a mark? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're out of the preferred demo, Chris. I'm sorry. (laughs) Fuck me, dude. Like... I think you're only. I think you're only drawing. I think you're only drawing a point oh six in the demo for uh, guys that know about wrestling. So sorry. Holy um, fuck, man! No, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't. I I couldn't. I could not um, hazard a guess as to what Jack Perry what's going through his head at any given time. Um, uh, not much, apparently, but. Um, I just want to know, like that. That's to your to your point of like not only just right now, you're talking about levels and pecking orders and stuff. Not even just in the moment of you know 2023, but in all time. Like I said before, the last time I had to talk about this kid, Jack Perry will be a footnote in wrestling when all was said and done, if that, and only because he had a famous daddy. If somebody that looked like him tried to be a wrestler. Even amongst guys that are all too small and too, you know, too uncharismatic to be in it, he's still like at the 
either the the bottom of the middle or the top of the bottom so so like if you know i'll be the, i'll be i'll be in the front row if i survive long enough to see uh jack perry be honored at the cauliflower alley club you know with the with the mike mazurki award you know i'll i'll be right there with a ticket and a big donation and everything somehow i don't think that's going to happen i won't have to worry about it i'll also probably die before that happens um but i'm just you know like that's that's the difference in who we're talking about here you know who we're like what we're dealing with here so you can you know punk can be wrong jack perry can be wrong i mean they're all they all could be wrong together tony khan can be wrong everybody can be wrong but um you know these kind of things used to get dealt with in a certain way in the past and whether that was right or wrong that's just how it was the locker room tended to police itself um you shouldn't have to ask the promoter to step in uh but this is where we're at now so right. you're I... gonna get more jack perry's in the future than punks in the I'll future yep uh can we highlight jinda mahal's last comment there jimmy sorry i would but i don't this is this is the HMG feed. I don't have I don't have powers here. Um, even though I'm the host and it's my show. Um, just kidding. Anyway, um, I'm just I'm I'm just cry me around. a river, Chris. I'm just fucking around. I do. I just I just don't sign in properly because I'm because that's matter. I was gonna say that right. Uh, fuck it. So Ginger Mahal said no locker room leaders, and that's sad with vets they have. The, the, it's not that there's no locker room leaders. There are locker room leaders. The the problem is that those locker room leaders aren't given the support that they need from the fucking owner that like that we heard from lots of people like right from the beginning we had jr saying like listen i don't understand why these guys stand around like a bunch of quails waiting for them to dive on them and stuff like that i don't understand that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me i think you know to me to me and my my the way that i understand professional wrestling that's not something that we do you know like uh, jesus why is everything golden Why are they like this? (laughs) So, like, we had that, and then the next thing that we saw was Brandon fucking Cutler talking shit about JR's take on it. Brandon fucking Cutler should have been fired, okay? Because that guy brings zero to your profession. Why do you think he's not? And And why why do you think he's not? Okay, so, you know, but this is something. Jimmy, you and uh, Media M5 did the Monday Night oh, Machismo. Yes. And right, yeah. he said on there, the, totally great point. This is this is pretty much exactly what Mark Henry claimed he was there to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Punk should have just been like, as, as, Punk's, as Punk's backstage warming up, getting ready to tear it up with Samoa Joe, he should have said, Hey, Mark, can you grab this kid up for me? I'm busy. (laughs) You know, like, that's what it should have been. You know, like, that's exactly what it should have been. Um, But instead, it isn't. So what are they doing? What are they doing there? Um, And that's exactly the question that I had. Like, I was, I, this is what I said on the, on the skirmish this week. This is, or maybe, maybe it wasn't the skirmish. Maybe it was, I don't remember. I remember where the fuck I said it. I talk so much now about professional wrestling somehow. <laughs> but um, I said, like, this company needs to figure out what they want to do. Okay. They, it's not about making money. What is it about? Like, is it about the art? 
Is it they're trying to Art. put out the best Art. possible professional wrestling product and the money's secondary? That's fine. But then give me really good professional wrestling. They all, all that they seem to be wanting is what they already have. There's no goal for this company. It's just, oh, what's your goal with this company? I want to own a company where there are wrestlers and I can hang out with wrestlers. Yep. Well, okay. goal achieved. Day one. Goal achieved. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We're done. We're done. Okay, we, we, we did everything we want. Throw the fucking parade. We've achieved our goal. That is fucking asinine shit to me. That is that is so goddamn childish. And not just childish, it's empty, bro. Like, just as on a human level. If you don't have a goal on a human level, life is fucking depressing, bro. You gotta have mm. something you're aiming at. Something. But that this company, it's just no. We already have what? Like, what do you mean goals? My goal was to own a wrestling company and then employ my friends. That's it. That was my goal. Yeah, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Congratulations! Well, I'll, get, I'll give Tony. I'll give Tony this. Here's why I can't be mad at it, even if that's the case, because Tony's running his own cauliflower alley club. He's raising money. He's raising an obscene amount of money for plenty of wrestlers that have no other means of income. So, you know, in that sense, he's running a charity. Now, does everybody deserve all the charity? No, but I'm happy for the people that have that do deserve it. I'm happy for the people that I know that he's given jobs and have given them a platform and stuff like that. And normally I would say it's all worth it, you know, for that. Um. But things, situations like this are unfortunate and could be avoided, and uh, that's that's really the shame of it. I mean, for us, at least at least speaking for myself, the only way this really impacts me is that that's just one less interesting person I watch per week. <laughs> you know, like now I don't get to have a decent match or a decent promo or or, or something like that. So I've lost out on that little bit, and in the a la carte you know, fashion in which I always talk about watching wrestling and enjoying wrestling, that does make a, a, a significant impact. Losing one, losing one entertaining wrestler makes a huge difference to me who, you know, can only count on like two hands how many there are. Uh, so from a percentage standpoint, that's very uh, disappointing. But ultimately, um, what I think isn't really that important. Uh, I just think that um, now that, you know, like Chris said, goal achieved for, you know, being a being a wrestling promoter and now for the wrestlers that he brought in to be his EVPs, goal achieved, you cut out your cancer. So let's see if you can uh, heal this sick body back in and start doing some real business. And I... I Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do the tell me if I'm telling lies. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Fuck, but, man. but unfortunately it wasn't. It was more than that, so it's not worth it. Uh, well, um, yeah. Listen, I just to me, I think that Vet really hit the nail on the head with, I mean, everything he said, but a lot there. Like especially that, you know, we're just missing somebody now who, like, you know, in a world of professional wrestling, in a world of professional wrestling where. I honestly feel like there's less and less good professional wrestling in the world. Like there's a way more wrestling, which, Hey, that's, I'm glad for the people who have jobs. I'm not, I, I don't want this company to shut down. I don't want anything like that. Okay. I want everybody to have jobs, get paid, make as much money as they possibly can at what they love. 
the thing is, is like it's it gets hard as fuck to watch. Like Dynamite has gotten harder since Collision started to watch, and it's gotten harder mm-hmm. because it seemed to me like everybody who was on Dynamite, who was part of that crew, saying, "Can we not do back to back to back Canadian Destroyers? That's not really good professional wrestling, and we should try to do wrestling properly." It seems like all of those fucking people were like. Why don't you just go to Saturday? Why don't you just go to Wreckage and just just leave us alone and let us do whatever we want? Let us do our back to back to back to back to back Canadian destroyers. You know, you you go over there and we'll do our stuff. So to me, Dynamite has gotten so much worse in the last two months. And now what I'm really worried about is that we're gonna get two hours of Dynamite where it's back to 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 back Canadian destroyers. And then we're gonna get an hour and 45 minutes of back to 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 back Canadian destroyers and 15 minutes of Jay White, which will be wonderful. But that's that's a lot of shit to fucking wait around for to get to something good. Yeah, and that's now you watch Collision's going to start suffering badly if I did watch around. Right. And look, look, I'm not going to say it was a bad show. Right, it wasn't that bad. I, I don't think it was the worst show, but it will get weaker and weaker as the weeks go by. And the more that Punk is not around and, and guys like him, we're screwed. And we have to review these damn shows. So, yeah, man. All, all I know is PD Williams owes me an apology at this point. I, uh, <laughs> Jeez. I, <clears throat> I think everyone owes PD a friggin' apology just for spamming that damn move. I think that's that's probably true enough. But the fact that Jeez. PD called it that, and now and I am now associated with nonsense like that, bothers me. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess let's get into the show, guys. Uh, we start off uh, after after this, uh, you know, Tony Khan fearing for his life nonsense. Um, now which- wait, now wait one second. Wait one second. This guy said he used to go to ECW shows back in the 2300 arena. There's no way he didn't fear for his life more then than he did the, you know, last week. Yeah. I and the thing is is bro, like I I said this at the start before you before you joined. I really honestly feel this way that every man, like every adult male should should be punched in the face once every 6 months. I don't mean like Somebody should just walk up and punch you. I mean, know that it's coming, right? Know that it's coming. Have your friend walk up and punch you in the face, right? Or go to a boxing gym once every six months and just say, hey, I want to spar for two minutes. Because there's something I feel is very missing from modern era men. And that's the knowledge that if I get punched in the face, I'm not going to die. Okay, I'm not made of glass. I can take a punch in the face and life will go on. I'll be able to walk out of this gym and I'll be just fine if I get punched in the face once. Because when you've got people like Tony Khan saying that you fired a guy for cause because 12 feet away from you, he was fighting someone else and you feared for your life? Man, like really? You were afraid for your life. I'm I'm not even going to argue with you about how fucking dumb that is but, bro, I feel sorry for you if you are so weak and so afraid that you actually thought that your life was in danger because two other grown men were having a scuffle 12 feet away from you. Well, apparently he did get sort of charged on by Punk 
also. There, there, there are reports, Chris. There that are reports. There know. are reports that CM Punk fucked his mother in front of him. It doesn't matter what's reported on the internet. Jeez. Prove it or it's bullshit. Well, then, but that's it. We're, we're speculating with everything, though, at the end of the day. We're just well, assuming we know what, what, what exactly I'm not speculating happened. that Tony Khan said that he feared for his no, life well, that, and the life true. of that's and true. the life of everyone backstage because CM Punk was having a fucking push fight with Jack Perry. He feared for the life of everyone backstage. Yeah, that we're going to remember that crazy moment when CM Punk put 81,000 people's lives in danger because he pushed Jack Perry. Fuck off. Well, look, before we do get into collision, I will say this. I do think we're going to get court cases coming up soon. It's clear because of his social media thread by deleting everything. Apparently, there is video footage of the incident, and if there is... I guess it's going to be played in court and maybe we will end up seeing it eventually. But ultimately, you can blame Punk, you can blame uh, Jungle Boy, you can blame the Elite. It still goes back to I TK, blame Tony Khan. I blame it. Tony it, Khan. It, it, With every TK, fiber of my being, it is Tony Khan's fault. It is totally Tony Khan's fault because he could have, you know, nabbed it in the butt a long time ago. But instead, and Vet, I don't know if you saw this, but a couple of weeks ago, he did an interview. Uh, with some, I don't know who it was, man. I, I just read the, the transcript. But That's a problem, said, too. He's doing an interview with people you don't know who they are. Yeah. Really? I have problem. no idea who these guys were. But anyway. He it makes said, the company does... seem small time. Well, that's him, right? He's small time, let's be honest. But um, he said himself, Vet, that uh, he doesn't mind all the bullshit that goes on in the back. And in fact, he thinks it's good for the company at times. To have that type of shit going on, I mean, did you read that? Did you? That's what he actually said. No, no, but it, I don't have to. I already know what the situation is. I, I, I got a read on you know basically the whole situation, so I get it. He's not. He didn't. He didn't want to fire Punk. He's not scared for his life. He shouldn't have oh, go out there yeah, and yeah. say that on TV. But he, he did, but that's not how he felt. He's just saying whatever he thought he needed to say about the situation to appease the people that forced his hand. So there you go. That That's ultimately it. And he's a guy that seems like he'll say whatever he needs to say uh, to whoever he needs to say it to in the moment and just, just, to, just to get things to move on. Or he'll try to avoid the situation yeah. entirely or whatever. But, you know, don't think for a second he was truly afraid I just no. think that's a weird thing to say and to admit in public. <laughs> weird, all right. But he's the type of guy that does this. La, 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 la. Pretends he's not even hearing it or seeing it until it's too late. And this is what we get. He only sure. does that when no one's looking at him, though, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. If you oh, were wow. just the guy who fucking plugged your ears and said, I don't want to hear it, <laughs> there's at least a little bit of respect there because, hey, I don't like listening to people a lot either. But... um but that's not even what what Vet's saying. Tony Khan isn't even the person who plugs his ears. He's the person who looks at one per Two people are arguing. Tony Khan will be in the middle, and he'll be looking at one person. And while he's looking at them, he's going, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. Totally. Yes, I 100% think that you're correct. And then as soon as he's looking in the other direction, yes, I 100% agree with what you're saying. You're totally right. This guy's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You're totally right. And then turn back again the other way. No, you're absolutely correct about this, sir, because he absolutely it. does it's not have any testicular fortitude of well, his own. It. That's why I said he's la, got la, la. none. <laughs> When shit happens, he just wants to ignore it until he's fearing for his life. Fearing for his life. It just, it's that, that's, 
That one's going to follow him. That <laughs> phrase is going to follow him around, fearing for your life. Like, like And, and oh, listen, shit. Vince Russo came out and had a tweet where he said, you know, like, listen, man, listen, bro, like, listen, bro, I've been involved in professional wrestling for a very long time. And at one point, I actually thought that Luna Vachon might kill me because she was trying yeah, to beat up Sonny. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, but you know what happened the next day? Luna showed up and I said, good morning, Luna. And everything just <laughs> went on the way that it fucking did, because that's that's how it is. Right. And then Jim Cornette put out something that said, listen, I've been involved in professional wrestling for 50 fucking years, and I've never heard something, and I've never heard somebody so full of shit as when this fucking little dipshit said that he feared for his life. So allow me to just lay this out for you, okay? If Jim Cornette and Vince Russo both agree that you are an insane little bitch, you are an insane little bitch. That's the end of the story. I agree. All right, let's get into the show because we got to fucking get into this show. Um, we begin right. with a recap. now. Now we're we're gonna test your ripping through it skills, Chris. No, fuck. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we begin with a recap for all in. Um, vet, I don't know if you knew this. Um, I know this because because I have like uh, I have some connections in wrestling. I'm not sure if you have as deep a connection, you know, in the wrestling bubble as I do to know this. But this is top secret, so everybody, you're getting you're getting some real backstage information here. Vet, I don't know if you knew, but did you know that eighty one thousand people were in Wembley? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, Come you on. didn't know, bro. Seriously? It's fucking crazy. It's it's the crazy. Surely it was much less than that, or more. No, no, no. It was actually ninety thousand. So eighty one thousand paid, but the rest were comps, and That's all right. up was ninety thousand. He only wow. comped about 10,000 yeah. tickets. That's all. That's crazy. Wow. Crazy, right? I mean, Congratulations, yeah. guys. Yeah, way to yeah. go. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, Ricky Starks uh, comes out to discuss uh, his challenge for the strap match. He he has challenged uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to a strap match at All Out, which there's no fucking way that's going to happen. Uh, Big Bill uh, comes out with them, and I went, yes, good fantastic because i actually like this pairing and i think that if they're consistent with it it could actually help both help help both guys get over in a big way so please keep going with that um ricky says he's tired of having to start over all the time he's tired of his career always starting and stopping and uh and you know that's i i really honestly felt when he was cutting this promo that there was some truth to this you know here's a guy who had in the back, attached himself to, to Cody Rhodes, and then Cody Rhodes leaves, right? And then he, in the back, attached himself to CM Punk, and now CM Punk gets fired. I, I actually think that there was something to this of him saying, I'm really fucking tired of starting and stopping. I, I think he meant this. I, I think well, he, that that was legit. He was visibly uh, shaken up. Yeah. You know, like, he, you could see him out there, like, you could see it in his face, you could hear it in his voice, like... That's where the reality is coming in. So he's he's letting it out, and he even used some, you know, veiled language. But mm -hmm. if you read between the lines, you see what he's saying. So yeah, it's definitely sucks for Ricky. In yep. fact, he's been he, he looked frustrated, right? But it's tonight wasn't well. Last night wasn't the only time he looked frustrated. He's been looking frustrated, to be fair, for the last five to six weeks, I think, man. And um, I mean. But I will say this. I thought this was his best promo that he's actually done in in probably the last 
you know, a few months. And his promo game was pretty good, but this was passionate. Because it was and real. I, and you felt it, and it was real, right. And what he said about Big yeah. Bill was great too, man. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Him trying to, uh, you know, put the focus on the other guy in, you know, right. in the situation who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, just standing there. You know, that probably wasn't part of the promo, to be honest with you. That probably wasn't something that they expected him to do. And he went out of his way to do that. I think that that shows the kind of professional that Ricky Starks has the potential of being in that he's, you know, he's bothering to use his time to big up someone else on the outside. I think that's good. Right. Um yeah, we've all seen lots of things with bigger crowds than 81,000. It's fine. It's it's cool. It, it really is. Like, it's it's 90, great that they right? had 81,000 people there. But shut the fuck up already. Like, do something else. What's next? Okay. Uh, 81,000 people were there. And then 3,000 people were there the next night. Great. That's, that's <laughs> good. Good job, guys. Good job. Way to go. Um, anyway, Ricky calls out the dragon. And out comes Ricky Steamboat. And he has a contract, and it's ready for Ricky to sign. And it is be—it's for a strap match at the pay-per-view between the Dragon and Ricky Starks. So it's Ricky versus Ricky. It's—it's that's what they're—that's what they're trying to tell Ricky Starks. Uh, so Starks signed it, and then Steamboat says, "You know, you've known me as a lot of things. You've known me as Ricky. Most people know me as the Dragon, but you also know." this man as the dragon and the music plays and out walks brian danielson only about two and a half months earlier than his doctors apparently told him he should be coming back from surgery so and you know what's weird chris great why was i the only one but i i felt like i didn't care about daniel brian danielson coming out i don't know why man you can still see the scar on his arm for crying out loud mm. right and we and just already... heard this week this week we heard that his doctor said he could come back in October. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy, Vet? Does he want to kill himself in the ring, man? Like I just don't understand why Brian Danielson continues to just, you know, want to work even when he's hurt. No, he's full he's he's he was asked to fill a yeah. huge void that just got created all of a sudden. That's why. That's sad, uh -huh. man. Don't worry, guys, yeah. you could whip a guy with a strap with either hand. Fuck me, man. This, this, oh, yeah, and this screamed of desperation to me. I'm watching this and I'm going, oh, yeah, oh fuck. Absolutely. Poor, absolutely. poor, poor Brian. Like, like poor Brian. Too. What what the fuck, man? Like, this guy just got a phone call this week that said, listen, you know, hey, hey. Uh, hi, Brian. Um, just, uh, <laughs> it's Tony. I'm um, just calling to see if, uh, if maybe we could figure something out because, uh, you know, we're, we're about to have a real hole in the company here, bud. And, uh, you know, whatever you could do, uh, you know, like, why don't you maybe talk to your doctors and see what you can do and then get back to me about what's possible <laughs> wink, wink, uh, wink, for wink, us, right? right? And I'll, you know what I'll make it up to you. I'll make it up to hell? you. Like, fuck, man. He'd be like, I'll make it up to you, Daniel. I'll pay for, for the final countdown once again. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's hell. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Anyway. This just... Mm -hmm reeked of fucking desperation to me anyway yeah that's gonna be the match at the pay-per-view uh fine i guess i i love brian danielson and i wish that he would heal up before he came back and um to me he like brian danielson is a draw for me we'll put it that way right he's he's one of you know uh vet you talked about there being about 
I don't know, 12 or 13 people in all of professional wrestling that are actually good to watch. Th mm -hmm. That's one of them to me. But I'd like to see him for another three years, if possible, instead of six more months because he was forced to come back with a shoulder injury. So maybe um, he stopped being that person for me a long time ago. Me too. Man. Um, as a matter of fact, like... as a matter of fact, I felt bad that he had to retire early. But ever since his comeback, he hasn't been the same guy, and I don't like his matches. One hundred percent agree with you. I you didn't I, even like you didn't even like the the Captain Planet version in WWE. Nope. Oh, nope. With his little wood Planet. belt. Nope. Didn't like that. Did, I just I didn't that like his good. matches anymore. I did not like his matches anymore. Sure. Maybe it's because I was looking at it with different eyes from the sense of like. You know, I was I was happy that he got to come back, but um, I didn't know if it was what he needed to do. So maybe I was a little more critical of his stuff, but I really do think he changed. It, it was like he did. It was like he doubled down on all the dangerous stuff that he used to yeah, do and forgot absolutely. how to work. Yep, one hundred. Like he started having he started having wrestling matches and stopped working. He used to work. There's there's a match from. Uh, Oh man, if I think of a Brian Danielson match, I always think of from his WWE run anyway. I think I think of uh, I think it was Extreme Rules 2012. He did a two out of three falls match with Sheamus. When you watch that match, oh, you're like, God that, damn, yeah. he's a working motherfucker. But after that, it's just a lot of like diving out of the ring, a lot of the drop kicks in the corner, like just just doing stuff, playing the greatest hits and playing them more. It's like you know, yeah. it's, it'd be like. <laughs> You guys want Leonard Skinner's like you want to hear Freebird again? Like, yeah. uh, so that's how I've looked at Danielson. Now, did they have to have the match at All Out? No, they could. You could. You could get to All Out, and you could. You could have Big Bill do something where they takes him out of the match, and then Ricky Steamboat actually does have to have the strap match or some shit like that. Like, there, there's there there could be a way to get out of Danielson actually having to have a match this you know being back this early we'll see what they do um but uh as far as as far as danielson like being in the ring and being one of those guys i would just as soon he hang it up um because he's a family man and he's proven everything he needs to prove um right. it, it, it should be it should be a huge like not 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 just not just a, a, a tiny red flag but it should be like a giant Jolly Roger size red flag when you have a match with the safest guy in wrestling and you break your arm. Like it's time for you yeah. to think about seriously hanging it up. If you can't even have a match with Okada without getting hurt, it's time to step away before something really tragic happens. I'm glad you said that Vic, because I've been feeling the same way about him. Like I said, at the start of this segment, for some reason it just, I, I was like, why is he coming out for? It's like I never missed him. I but you, but you know why? You know why? We talked about why. Right. Mm. Exactly. And it's well, yeah. I, okay. I can I can see it. It's uh, and I get the argument. I definitely I don't I don't know if I feel it yet, but I get the argument. This was always my argument about Ric Flair in like the late '90s in WCW. People would ah, oh, Ric Flair's the greatest of all time. I'm like, yeah, but every time he has a match, I've fucking seen it. And it's and it's making his his prestige go down, like you know what I mean. He's fucking his legacy by doing that at the time, and that's what Danielson is doing right now. I feel like he's 
fucking up his own legacy, man, whether he realizes it or, or doesn't. Yeah. Well, anyway, hopefully he, hopefully he's, he's healthy. Hopefully everything's okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, listen, if he did say, listen, I'm, I'm tired of getting injured and I want to go home and spend time with my fucking kids. Good on you, bro. I have nothing against people making that life decision. Um, John Moxley, he really loves Orange Cassidy, guys. He uh, he says that uh, you know I've 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 been in the ring with with real with real tough guys and fake tough guys, and I know when Orange Cass I know Orange Cassidy's like a real a real tough guy. People say he's a cosplay wrestler, but who's he cosplaying as? You? Blah 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 blah. Shut the fuck up, John. I it's so fucking stupid. Like. If you want to say Orange Cassidy is very entertaining, if you want to say, oh, I've seen Orange Cassidy really tough it out over these last few months, okay, fine, that's fine, it's all fine, but you're the heel, and your whole group's entire fucking, you know, thing has been, you're not a serious professional wrestler, you're not serious enough about professional wrestling, you're an amateur, and I'm a real professional wrestler that's been your whole group's whole thing and you're telling me that the guy whose gimmick is that he puts his hands in his pockets and is too fucking lazy to do moves with any force you're telling me that that's a guy who you respect in spite of your gimmick he's an agent why remember or he's a booker whatever he's doing oh it's true true. but anyway we'll get to that when we do there's no point of me bringing it up now you guys aren't serious about wrestling. Now let me empty an entire Chinese restaurant utensil tray into your head. Fuck. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Uh, you're not serious enough about wrestling. Hey, did you see that time that I basically cosplayed as a porcupine? That was fun. <laughs> right, yeah, and you know what's so stupid still? Vet, and I want to say this to you. How does the champion not be at advantage for this matchup? And I'm talking about Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy had to wrestle Mr. Zero Miedo for the right to face Moxley yeah. at All Out. Now, shouldn't the champion have the advantage? Not You'd the think. disadvantage? That was the dumbest yeah. fucking thing I ever seen. It's like, it's Contenders face off. Right. Contenders right. face off. Then yes. they face the champion. That's the way it fucking works. It's the way it's always fucking worked. It's the way it works in every fucking sport that's ever existed, ever. Contenders face off. Then they face the champion. Not... Not the champion has to face one guy so that he can then face the other guy afterwards if he happens to win. What the fuck are we doing in this company? I've asked you this uh, this past Wednesday, or not Wednesday, but just a couple of days ago for the skirmish, Chris. I'm going to ask you, Vet, tell me how this makes sense, please. Well, it doesn't, but <laughs> which, which you can do is just so if Moxley goes over, uh, he, you know, Orange Cassidy will have that many more Canadian destroyers as an excuse of uh, why he was damaged enough to lay down for, no. uh, for, for Mox. Yeah. No, please. <sighs> All right. We're moving on. The acclaimed with Billy are out next for a match with the former Jericho Appreciation Society. What are we calling these guys now? Weird, bro. This Can we call them weird... the unappreciated? Yeah. The unappreciative. Jericho Society. Well, we have to call him. We have to call him rightly unappreciated. Yes, unappreciated uh, would would have the connotation that you should be appreciated for something. Yeah. Well, 
Well, I mean, hey, listen, listen. Daniel Garcia and that dancing is fucking over. Man, is... <laughs> I used to hate it at first, but now I'm starting to fucking love it. Only because it makes me laugh. I don't it, love it. I'm but miserable it's something... watching AEW every time I do. At least he makes me laugh. I, I don't love it, but it is something. And that's more than I can say for like a bunch of people in AEW. He's got it's something. Something, right. It's something. That's all that matters. Uh... All right, this match was messy as fuck. Um, people were kind of stepping all over themselves. There was moments where people were sort of visibly waiting to make tags. They're like literally like waiting, going, uh, guys, uh, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Uh, there you are. There's my tag. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, the crowd, I think, wanted to get into this. I think the crowd really does like the acclaimed. I think that, you know, they are a, they are a pretty overact. I'm but I honestly felt I honestly felt at this point like Chicago crowd's pretty much fucking dead. Like Chicago crowd was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time getting into anything, and I had a hard time too. Um, this match took way too fucking long, and it was basically just built around a couple of suck it moments. It was like, you know, Billy Gunn, you know, Daniel, Daniel Garcia did the suck it thing and then Billy hit him and then he went to his knees and his head went in Billy's crotch. Ha 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 uh, jokes we've been fucking seeing since 1997. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I didn't I, I didn't it. like this. T- tell me tell me if I'm tell me if I'm wrong, but this was not a this was not anything to really care about. The acclaimed win an absolute shocker. Uh, Jimmy. Should I be? Should I? Should I have cared more? No, you shouldn't have. And this match sucked. I'm sick of scissors. I'm sick of everything's a gimmick, including the belt. I mean, they got scissors now. Did you notice that? Yeah, they but they're pink, so other. Brett must love them. They're pink too, but it's hot pink, not just Brett Hart pink. But yeah. I mean, hot pink. It's even pinkier than fucking the acclaimed. And you know what? Once upon a time, we did love the acclaimed. I know I did. I know you did too. But now I just don't like the acclaimed anymore, and uh, I was still trying to figure out why the Jericho Unappreciative Society, whatever the fuck they are, have left, and why haven't we got reasons why they've left Jericho? There's no real reason, and also, why do I feel like this acclaimed deal is just a thing to get Billy Gunn over, like? Like that's what it's starting I to do feel not like. know. I, 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 okay. I actually still like the acclaimed. I, I still hold out hope that these Billy, guys could be on, something man. fun. Sixty. It's just fucking. Come on. They, they need to take a step forward at this point. Yeah. Like I need something else from them. And I thought that we were gonna get something else because of the whole Billy getting like taken over by the House of Black, and they whispered something in his ear, and it made him quit. And maybe Oops. Billy was gonna come Oops. back. And he was going to come back and, and be more angry. And that was going to twist wait, something wait, wait, in the wait, wait, acclaimed. Wait, wait, wait. And we were going to see something really interesting done. And it was just about boots. It was just. It was about shoes. It was, it was like, all about boots. I'm going to. I'm going to like. Uh, put a, I'm sounding like too hard right now. I'm going to. No, but really. Like about <clears throat> some sort of like curse on the shoe or some shit. Like who the fuck does such a good vignette over a shoe? 
I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a choice. Hey, vet. Um, if somebody stole your your boots, how how evil would you become if they stole your working boots? Yeah, pretty pretty evil. You know, they provide a lot of ankle support, and I certainly wouldn't want to roll them in the ring. So. I, I could see myself turning pretty evil. I just like to point out that I like how, uh, because of his Australian accent, when Jimmy says either hot or heart, it sounds the same. Yeah. Really? Are you, hot. You shit to my accent, Vin. Hot. <laughs> hey, I'm just hot. stating, I'm stating, a f- tell me when I'm telling lies, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Vin. Touche. Fucking hell. I've got nothing to say to that. Yeah, <laughs> literally, you got me there. You got me, Vit. Moving on, and, well and also, well and also, Bret Hart <laughs> and Britt Baker have the same first name. That's fun. <laughs> wait, what are you? Brit, wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you saying that that's how I say it? <laughs> that's how you say it, Jimmy. I can distinguish uh... between Brit and Brett. All right, okay. Yeah, now. but you have as to, you have to try. Down. You have to try really hard, though. Yeah, as long yeah. as he slows down, yeah. he can do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, you Greeks, <clears throat> I'll get you back for that one. All right, well. <laughs> Uh, next up, the Dark Order is still a thing somehow. I don't, I don't know why. I'm um, but they 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 really want to get the the ROH tag titles, which apparently they have a, a shot at because they won something Friday. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, they won a tag mean? team battle royal. Oh, oh, okay. that's right. That's what they won on Rampage, right? Right. And which I am absolutely certain was called a tournament in a fucking vignette on Wednesday. By the way, they were going to have a I tournament. Think you're right. You're not right. a battle royal. It's a one match tournament. Fuck. <laughs> a one match tournament. I have to think about that for a second. Not even round <sighs> robin, right? Vet, actually, I'm going to ask you this: What's sure. the obsession with AEW and tournaments and battle royals? Like, why every second week? I it's a like Japan thing. Of, not, not even Japan. Fuck series. you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, maybe we should just move on. It's not going to get no better than that. Let's just let's just move. Let's just move on. Next match. We'll take the pop and move on. All right. Ricky Starks is backstage. He's upset and he says he's going to beat Danielson. Well. <clears throat> kind of, kind of hope uh, that's his mindset. I don't know what to say. Uh, moving on, um, <coughs> Aussie me. Open uh, come out next, oh. and they're going to take on the team of Commander and Nick Wayne. So, never mind CM Punk. The company's saved. We're definitely getting a million views. We've got mm-hmm. Commander and Nick Wayne versus Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Hey, yep. you know what? I will say this, actually. Aussie Open kind of looked all right in this match. I actually didn't mind with some of the shit they were doing. But other than that, why is Commander on three times a week now in AEW? Because he's over, really? bro. That's is that's he... how you're going to get a million viewers. So you just keep is putting he Commander the hill? He's on. He's 24 years old, man. He's got lots of time <sighs> left. Yeah, well, where's gravity? I want to see more we're go- gravity. We're now. gonna see. We're gonna see Commander for at least like two more decades in AEW. Jimmy, strap in, strap in, get ready. <laughs> but who's who's the commander? Is it Commander? Like, he's it's not Commander like a com- like he's commanding an army because that's with a C. He's Commander with a K. <laughs> what does that even mean? I who the fuck knows? Um. Anyway, yeah, tiny skinny dorks against a team so bland that nobody even boos them is how I wrote this down. So, uh, 
Great. Oh, look at Todd. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. No, no, no. That's right. See, that's why Todd's the comment king. Um, at one point in this match, the Australians hit like this huge double team move where the dude did like a fucking, it was like a power bomb into like a pile driver. And so he does the pile, the power bomb into a pile driver on a guy who's about 113 pounds. <laughs> and after that, he stands up and plays to the crowd. He should be gone for the pin, right? Pin! But fucking pin! What are you doing? If wrestling isn't a competition, what's the fucking point of it? We're just doing cool moves to show you cool moves on television. Look at my cool moves. This, to me, when I see shit like this, Vet, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like, as a wrestling fan, and I consider myself a wrestling fan, when I see Poor stuff guy. like this, where people are doing fucking cool moves for the sake of cool moves, it's like when my kids were like two, and they would take like a real big shit, and they'd be like, and they'd be like, Daddy, Daddy, come see my poop! Come see my poop, it's big! Right? And they were real proud of themselves because they had made a poop, and it was big, or it was colorful, or whatever the fuck, right? right. Whatever goes on in the mind of a child to show me their poop, that's what I feel like when I'm watching people do really cool moves and then not even bother going for a pin. Um, your kids sound like wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> are, are you related to Brian Pillman in some way? Um, <laughs> so, uh, a little bit like a loose cannon today and I'm sorry for that, but <laughs> I am. Fucking don't ever I'm apologize not. for that. I mean, never apologize they... for that. We, we, we need it. We need it. Dude. We, people don't tune in to HMG to hear everybody be nice. Okay, so, um, and I'll, I'll continue that trend. Uh, what you just described, like just the one sequence you described, is basically a microcosm for Aussie Open in general. They are very, very, very bad at what they do. They are fucking dangerous. Uh, they are rotten. And they don't know anything about actual tag team wrestling. Or wrestling, period. They think that you just get in the ring and try to do the craziest thing that could possibly hurt themselves or somebody else. That's all they ever do. I know, Jimmy, you said you liked them in the past or whatever, um, but they're terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, no way, it's not that they have, it's not that they have no potential or whatever. They just clearly had nobody ever teach them yep. what the point of what they do is. And you illustrated an example of it. Um, I could illustrate you many more examples of it. Uh, it's like when they, when they get in there, it's like a nonstop, you know, exhibition of, of, of moves. Like they're running drills almost. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, right. they, they, they barely, too. they barely tag. It's, it's like they're, there's not, they don't even know what a tag match is. They just both get in there whenever they feel like it and do whatever they feel like. And I can't believe people agree to it. I'm like, bro, you're not giving me no like avalanche powerbomb pile driver or nothing like that. No, it's hell no, I ain't doing that. Avalanche. Yeah. No. Uh, no, and so, if you, and if, and if you do manage to convince the person that you're in the ring with to do an avalanche powerbomb pile driver, the finish can't be a roll-up. Well, that's what's increased. Roll-up city right now, man. Especially in 2023, the roll-up is the go-to. Right yeah, I thought now. you were a wrestling fan, Chris. That's a wrestling move. Come on, 81,000 people in the fucking arena in Wembley. The biggest fucking match, the biggest main event in the history of pro wrestling. The finish is a goddamn motherfucking roll-up. I, I just, I, man. This Inside crate. Yeah. Remember they used to call it a small package? 
That's yes. Yeah. They don't All call right. it anymore that anymore. When was the last time you ever heard that? I haven't heard that. Well, in years. they're they're trying not to insult anyone by calling it a small package. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> anyway, the Australians win a match, I guess. Uh, Nick Wayne is upset afterwards, but he's not as upset about losing the match as as much as he's frustrated with Darby Allen for forgiving AR Fox. So, well, out comes Darby Allen at least. Um, and literally as soon as he said, "I'm I'm frustrated with Darby Allen," literally as soon as he said that, all of a sudden we hear, uh, uh, "Nick, Nick, Nick." From the back, because Darby <laughs> Allen already has a microphone. Apparently, he knew exactly what was going to be said afterwards, and was waiting backstage with microphone in hand so that he could come out for this segment. So, great. Darby comes for a chat. Um, Darby talks about how he had a problem with Nick's dad, and they they fought, and they didn't talk for three years. Probably what happened is his dad told him to learn how to cut a promo properly. Um, this was awful. Um, who Buddy Wayne you're talking about? No, I mean Darby. That's the I dad's. Mean, that's the dad's name. Um, Darby sucked in this fucking segment. He was truly terrible. Like, did not come across as anything other than completely bland, generic, like nobody in this story. Um, and of course, someone's dead dad was mentioned. So out comes Christian. For the the greatest connection in professional wrestling, Christian and the dead, dead dads, the dead dad killer. If that makes any sense, just it, it doesn't. doesn't. But it's it AEW, doesn't. of course it does. Come on. All right. On. So Christian comes out and he says <laughs> no. that uh, he was rude last week to Nick Wayne. Nick, I'm sorry. I was rude to you about your dad, and it was rude of me not to ask about your mom. Haha. Ha. Um. Christian is actually fucking money. I, I don't care. Like even even with how I was feeling at this point in this show, I was just like, Christian's so good. Like he's so good at this. E- even though even though the gimmick right now is basically, haha, you have a dead dad. Like, dude, that's pretty easy to get that. heat, I think. But Christian does it in a way that's so fucking entertaining. Dude, yeah. someone put a video package of all the times he's destroyed people's dead dad, and I didn't realize how many times throughout 2023 he's brought up someone's dead father, dude. It's not just yeah. the last three guys. He's done it at least six times. It's awesome. Every time somebody's dad dies, there's Christian. <laughs> I, can just, I can just picture Christian tomorrow night coming out and cutting a promo and being like, Hello, Chicago. So... I've heard your father died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yo, Jimbo. And literally, I'm going to say, yo, Jimbo. I hope you're wrong, bro. (laughs) It's like straight up. Straight up, I hope you're wrong. If he's super over in two years, that's it. Like you said, Vet, before, we're done. We're going to get more Jungle Boys, and I feel like Nick Wayne's going to be another Jungle Boy. Literally. Two years from now, book it. We'll have uh, Jungle Boy versus Nick Wayne for the AEW Championship in front of 81,000 screaming fans in Wembley. <laughs> yeah, 81 only. Like, And then yeah. as soon as they come back to America, they'll have 600 people in the next arena. So good for them. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what? As much as I want AEW to like stick around, and I truly do, right? It would be kind of interesting right, to see them just absolutely collapse. I mean... Almost TNA levels. I mean, 
you know, at one stage Tino was here, and I mean, an impact is right here, right now. It's just not the same in every sense. But we'll see. But this company is worse. I think, honestly, think back to all the promotions over the years. I didn't think there's been a quicker rise and in some ways fall like AEW right now. I, I don't know that they ever really rose, to be honest with you. They've been sort of stuck at where they've been. I mean, 800,000 people. Right, right, exactly. But their first year, there was a lot of hype. You know what I mean? Now it's just... Eesh. Yeah, there was hype. There was potential. It's just like collision, oh, right? Sure. When it first started, I said, and I honestly still believe that this is true. If they would have been consistent with collision, if they would have been consistent with collision as a really good wrestling show and actually put out good professional wrestling, I think it would have taken them a year and they would have had better ratings even on Saturday than Dynamite. Because real good professional wrestling is going to get word of mouth and you're going to get people who used to be professional wrestling fans who are being told by their friends, no, dude, I'm telling you, this is different. This isn't that silly shit that we don't want to watch anymore and that looks like fucking crap every time we try to turn it on or whatever. Every time we're flipping through Monday Night Raw, we see something that looks terrible. Like, I'm telling you, this is really good professional wrestling. I really believe that within a year they could have had better numbers than Dynamite, even on Saturday but they can't fucking do it. And they won't. That's the sad part. Because you can't just clone Jay White and have 16 of him in your company. And if you could, <laughs> things would say be that much better. <laughs> all right. Me and Jago used to say that, actually, literally. I, fuck. Well, I, I'm now agreeing with Jargo about Japanese wrestling, <laughs> and I feel terrible about myself. We got him, Vet. He's finally turned, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up here, Claudio Castagnoli is uh, is backstage with you, Jimmy. He's he's hanging out with you um, after you. Guys but it was are killing me tonight. It was from your match <laughs> Wednesday that you had. Um, oh god! I gotta say, Jimmy, those uppercuts that he hit you with—they they look like it hurt. Savage. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty full on, man. Yeah, and he was no, like, they didn't hurt. Please, Claudio. Claudio was like, "Yeah, you beat Wheeler, but you do you think that that means anything to us? We beat Trust Wheeler me. all the time." And I just went. Yeah, this is this is getting a little gay. Uh little shit on punk, put it that way. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah, so Wheeler got hit with a couple of clotheslines, but that's just how they do it in the BCC. Uh Claudio says uh uh Eddie, it doesn't matter and uh yeah, whatever you do doesn't matter, Eddie, cuz you're fat and gross and whatever. <laughs> um Cue Fat Edbert, who's backstage uh, teaming with Holy Head Shibata. Um, oh, boy. And uh, I guess they set up a tag match. They, they set up a tag match. Wait, wait. So it's you're missing be Claudio. a spot. So, so Jimmy, you're finally going to get a match against Shibata. That's That's got to be exciting for you. European uppercut city. No, but you missed the part with Shibata and the... What did you have? A phone? A cell phone. And what did it say again? I you're accept. a bitch. Oh, yeah, that's it. You're you're a bitch. That was so dumb, man. Come on, are you telling me Shibata can't just say you're a bitch? Like, why did they have to? Like, whose idea? You are that? a bitch. Is exactly how it would have sounded, and it would have been just fine. I've been calling him Shibata for years, media. Just just quietly. <laughs> it's good bread too. Just saying. Anyway, good luck. Good luck at the pay per view, Jimmy. Uh, hopefully, you can you can get that win over uh, over Shibata. I don't care. We're not talking about this anymore. We're going to move on. <laughs> um, 
there's a recap from All In again, and uh, Soraya winning, and then uh, and then Ruby attacking Statlander. Uh, Soraya is happy for herself. She really likes being the champion. Shocker. Um, and ironically, she wanted it all in because everyone was all in with Soraya at one stage, right? I mean, at, at least a few people at a time. <laughs> in, yeah, all in, um, and then they went all out. That's true. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ruby uh, also is is backstage with Soraya, and they're they're all good. And uh, it looks like uh, Tony Storm isn't out of the Outcasts. I was pretty sure she said she, she didn't trust them anymore uh, last week. I'm pretty sure on Wednesday, actually, she said. I can't trust Soraya and I can't trust Ruby anymore. And not anymore. But no, I guess she's still she's still there. They're so. besties again, aren't they? Aren't they all good now? Yep, uh funny line. Ruby said, uh, Tony is just fine, okay? I'm pretty sure I saw her half naked throwing shoes at, at birds tonight, but she's fine. She'll be fine. Um uh, okay. This whole Tony Storm thing, because I've seen people, I've seen people talk about it, Vet, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna give you an idea of what they could do with this that could be really fun with it, right? So they're doing this whole '50s starlet thing with her, right? That's sort of what she's going with. She's got the weird hair and the, you know, she's coming out sort of dressed in like a nightgown and stuff, right? She looks like a '50s yes, starlet. I, I get the reference, yes. Okay, I think that if they want to actually get something out of it, they should do vignettes. In like a, in the style of like a, a film noir, right? Where Tony Storm is the you know she's the damsel in distress, but she realizes that she can't trust a detective and she has to become her own detective, right? So you see a thirty second video of her film noir, and it's you know those you know those boards that have all the strings to like the things, right? It's like a picture of the of the main bad guy or whatever, and there yes. should be strings going to Soraya, and that's basically how you get something out of this character, right? It doesn't have to be long, thirty seconds, like I said, that's plenty of time for a video, right? To me, if you want to get something out of this character, you do something like that, because what they're doing right now is basically just her hair's funny and she throws shoes. Mm hmm. What do you think? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, that idea about the film noir thing is the shits. I don't want to see it. So they should probably just <laughs> do this thing they're already doing, but just do it better than that and give her somebody to work with. Well, if they could give her somebody to work with. And the thing is, is that they're, they're trying to do this thing where, okay, I'll, I'll get into, I'll get into it later with the, with the women's match actually. Cause that, that happens and I have to talk about it. Um, all right. So Tony Schiavone is in the ring again. Thanks, Tony. Um, and he calls out Dennis Rodman, who comes out and looks 65 years old. How old is Dennis Rodman? Uh, it's like 65. He's about yeah. 65. All right. So he's about as old as DDP was when he wrestled him back at WCW. <laughs> yeah. Tell me when he's telling lies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tony asks what Rodman is doing in, in AEW, and before he has a chance to speak, thank God, uh, Jeff Jarrett and the family come out, and uh, Jeff compares all of the all of the people in the ring to Dennis Rodman. He says, Satnam Singh is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Ha ha ha. Um, he says, he yeah. compares them to everybody else. The punchline is, my wife looks great in a dress, and so do you, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Because because Dennis Rodman, like, 25 years ago, he dressed in a 
dress and it was it was a thing 25 years ago did you know 25 years ago dennis rodman was like a popular sports figure 25 years ago by the way 25 years ago how long anyway 25 years ago oh. um yeah this was i don't know exceptionally stupid jeff asks rodman if he wants to join up and dennis rodman says it's the first time in the united center in 13 years apparently Saying an entire sentence was too much for Jeff, who says, I don't want to hear any of that shit. Are you joining or not? Um, and then uh, <laughs> little bald man, uh, Sanjay Dutt, uh, tells everybody to get out of the ring. And sh- I, I can handle this, guys. I can handle it. He's, he's, he's too intimidated with everybody else in the ring. He'll be much more amenable to joining when it's just tiny me and him in the ring. Uh, Dennis Rodman uh shoves him i guess is that what we're calling it and uh and then yeah there's some bullshit and the acclaimed make the save to set up a four-way at the pay-per-view where it will be double j lethal uh that whole group and uh the acclaimed and dennis rodman yes can't wait to waste 60 bucks on that what the fuck um i'm all out baby literally all out I am, I'm all out too, and that means I'm not watching it. Vet, um, yeah. yeah, make it make sense. Um, I think Jeff Jarrett has, like, uh, designated or de- either designated himself or been designated to, uh, step in front of every bullet for all the talent and just like whatever's the worst idea they're about to have on the show. He's like, I'll take it. You can't hurt. You can't bring me down any farther than I've already been. So, um, whether that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre match or this, oh. like whatever's the I mean, worst, whatever's the worst idea anybody in AEW has, Jeff Jarrett will throw himself in front of it to save the young talent. And those are the kind of great, you know, legendary workers that we need. We need those selfless uh, people to make those sacrifices for the young talent, so that we can get that. Nick Wayne and Jack Perry main event in the future. Can't wait. You know what? Ain't he great, though? I mean, seriously. Ain't he? Oh, Jimmy. A <laughs> 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 lot of chatter. A <laughs> lot of <laughs> chatter. Dennis hey, Rodman he? coming back to the ring for the first time in years. A lot of chatter. Yes, man. Oh, a lot yeah. of chatter. Vet. In, in fact, it was on the local news here in Australia that Dennis Rodman is coming back. Yeah, to wrestle in Chicago. I'm kidding, though. No, <laughs> oh, <was> quietly. Oh. <laughs> Just in case right. you guys were actually like, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, well, anyway, Chris, the less said about this, the better. And uh, I think yeah. the reason that they didn't have time for Dennis Robin to say anything is because I think ever since the Aussie Open match, they probably went too long doing double team moves to Commander. <laughs> so they had to like shorten up everybody's segment after that so they left enough room for Jay White and Dax at the end. Yeah. Who Dax Daxton? Yeah, Dax it was Dax Daxton accompanied by Cash Cashin or was it Wild Wildson? Um <laughs> I I don't, you know. I forget which. But Wild anyway. Wildson. <laughs> Wild Wildson. Cash Wilder or something. Cash Wilder. Um, and, yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah. I don't know. Just for yeah. whatever. So the point is I think Aussie Open went too long and they had to shorten everybody else's shit. Yeah. 
right? It's not, it's not like the pay-per-view where you've got infinite amount of time and you can give uh, Cash Cashton and Dash Daxton as much time as they want against Nick or against uh, <clears throat> against Mark Jackson and his brother Mark. Uh, yeah. All right, moving on. Shane Taylor cuts a promo uh, for a match that is, I guess, going to happen at All Out against Samoa Joe. So I don't know who Shane Taylor is, guys. Who what? is Shane Taylor? You don't know who Shane Taylor Who's is? Who's Shane Taylor? Really? Nope. I watch AEW and WWE. <laughs> who the fuck is Shane Taylor? <laughs> well, being a Vonna legend, actually. Yeah, it's, we're talking. How do you even answer that question? Like, yeah. how do you tell somebody who how doesn't do know? know you, we only have. We're trying to get this in under two hours, Chris. We can't tell oh, you yeah. who Shane Taylor yeah. is in twenty Fuck more minutes. Hello. You're just gonna have to trust that Shane Taylor's the fucking man, and All he's right, earned a television championship shot on that show that nobody's watching, yeah. except for me. So I can tell you that as I fast forward literally every segment until I get to Athena's segment. And then I watch maybe if Shane Taylor does a promo, I might watch that. But I'm just saying he's earned this off screen, so he'll be facing Samoa Joe. Very good. Off so apparently, so apparently we're having the same problem it's that they great. have uh, in AEW, which is that they don't have enough time to show me who the fuck Shane Taylor is. Just like we don't. Have this promo time. is supposed to show you who he is. Yeah. And just yeah. Wiley Medium it's 5 and Zane Vicious. Cool. We're being sarcastic. Yeah. It's called sarcasm. Just Yeah, we're being, so, we're being sarcastic. Uh, Shane Taylor's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen oh, other really, people really. say Shane Taylor's yeah. good. I, I just yeah, I want to know who the fuck he is. He's Jargo's, he's Jargo's friend. He's Jargo's personal friend. He actually friend. is. He really is. Yeah. Actually, they're pretty good friends, too. And I'm not saying he's good because of that. I'm saying I already liked him before I knew that. So it's it's. It's All fine. Right. He used to be in a tag team with Keith Lee. They were awesome. Uh, things have happened. Uh, they'll probably come back ago. together at some point, and it'll be exciting for the 10 people who are watching okay. that know about it. And then, you know, whatever. So what's next? He's friends with around. Jargo. So he, probably likes, so he probably likes Japanese wrestling too much, and I wouldn't like him. All right, moving on. Um, oh, Joe. I'll just leave if you want. <laughs> Joe is backstage. He's clearly pretty pissed. Like, this actually looked like angry Samoa Joe. He was like, to say this week has been eventful would be his understatement. <laughs> like, oh, Joe, I love you. I love Samoa Joe. Somebody said... Somebody said, "Oh, there's none, no veterans wanted wanted to be on on uh, on collision because CM Punk was there." And I'm like, "He's been working a program with Samoa Joe. What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, anyway, Joe's mad, and uh, he cuts a promo about Shane Taylor, which is more I've than I've heard about Shane Taylor in the entire time that I've watched professional wrestling. So, thank you, Samoa Joe, for telling me everything I need to know about Shane Taylor, which is that he's going to have a match. The bitch. All you need to know. All right. Uh, moving on here. <laughs> the Outcasts uh, taking on DMD, Statlander, and Sheeta. And I actually wrote down Sheeta's name before I even saw her or knew she was in this match because I knew that's where they were going. Wrestling has become pretty, um, you know, pretty easy to read. Um, there's issues with Tony Cakes and the Outcasts. Uh, they, you know, she's she's a little crazy, so they, they're trying to sort of telling her like, "Hey, will you shut up and just do your job?" And of course, there's a little bit of problems between Baker and Sheeta, who you know they're not happy with each other because last week Baker accidentally gave her a super kick. I mean, as you do in professional wrestling. How many people have you accidentally super kicked before, Vet? A bunch. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Plus, don't forget about the entire history of the entire company that they've hated each other up till like exactly. a couple weeks ago too. So there is that. Pesh you know, Chris, the vet used to be part of the super, the super key click. Oh, huh. yeah. Right. True well, you me and Shane Taylor. To... Yeah. <laughs> Shane Taylor looks like he could give a real mean super kick. Well, they sure can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so Storm wants in first, and she. Yeah. Honestly, speaking of those thighs, Tony Storm yeah. wants in. Tony wow, Storm. Uh, she wants in, and you know what? She did a pretty good job. And uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like she was dominating, but it also wasn't like she was getting her ass kicked because she kept making constant mistakes. Although the way that her teammates were playing it, you would think that maybe she was making constant mistakes which uh is a problem for me because if you're if you're doing the thing where your teammates are upset with you because you're making mistakes constantly and they're frustrated because you're starting to lose your mind and you're not wrestling well anymore then that should be reflected in the ring you shouldn't be giving as well as you get and still having your teammates be pissed off and saying that you've lost your mind and you're not wrestling properly anymore Anyway, um, the outcasts do a pretty good job of isolating the faces during the break. Uh, and the, right before the finish, it's a it turns into kind of a schmoz. People are all over the place. I blame this on Chris Statlander getting tagged in and bringing everything in this match down. She is truly terrible. She might be more than a woman, but she's less than a competent professional wrestler. Outcasts win with a spray can and kick. Uh, I don't know. Vet, if you're if you're playing the whole, you know, your teammates are upset with you because you're not wrestling well and you're causing them problems, shouldn't you go out there and then suck? <laughs> mm, yeah. Like, it looks weird that everyone's disappointed in you, but you're actually doing a pretty good job in the ring. No? A little... Uh, maybe some miscommunications have happened here. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking some miscommunications. No, I wasn't. I will admit to you that I wasn't paying that close attention to this match to even notice that that's a story they were trying to tell. Uh, I just kind of had this on while I was eating my lunch. So, I I understand. Is it muffins? I... No. Ah, oh, damn it! I, I watched have, this. Though. I actually watched this on my laptop. Um. Jimmy provided the oh, the yeah. showing for me because in Canada no one shows Collision on TV and because yesterday was my oldest daughter's birthday I forgot that temporarily so I couldn't watch it live online on TSN which is when I usually watch it mm-hmm. yes I know you're sorry for me I, I understand mm-hmm. your apologies <laughs> um, and I accept them um, but so because of that I basically had Jimmy show me the show and uh yeah, so I had to watch it. That's fine. That's laptop. fine. What kind of cake did you it's, have? Uh, it was a vanilla with like ice cream in it. It was good. Ooh. Actually, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like yeah, it yeah. Lot. Nothing but the best for my baby. Happy birthday, Arya! Daddy loves you. Um, Happy birthday, Arya! Yeah, yeah. Does uh, she subscribe okay. to ChannelAttitude.com? <laughs> she should. <laughs> Fucking lazy. Anyway, um, your allow your her allowance just goes straight into the straight into channelattitude.com. 
as you should. See, I'm a good father. All of you listening, this is what good parenting looks like. You just pay for a subscription for your child to have channelattitude.com and you do not vet anything that they listen to at all. Just let them listen to everybody, talk as much shit as possible, and just mm-hmm. go for it. That's that's good parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Cole is on my screen next. Joy. Um, he reads some messages from MJF to the Dark Order. And uh, I'm reminded once again that the Dark Order are a thing for some reason. You had probably forgotten since the first appearance. And rightly so. That's completely forgot. Yeah, completely forgot on purpose. Are we supposed to take them seriously now? Is that what's going on? Is that is that the thing? Uh, They're the Uh, number one. Of course, didn't you hear John? Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Oh, yeah. Didn't you hear Alex Reynolds' promo earlier, Jimmy? Come on. That's as serious as it gets. Why did he bring up MJF? Because he wanted to get that MJF rub. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I mean, it was unnecessary. Hey, I actually helped train him to wrestle, and then that's why when Adam Cole was reading the thing later and said that it took him all nine years to undo all the bad habits that he was taught there, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of shoot in that. Maybe. Ha. Who knows? Ha. I never knew that he actually trained him. So, yeah, I guess I learned something new every day. Creative Pro has created one pro, and it was probably in spite of them. They probably showed Maxwell how to do a hip toss, and that's it. And then he had to figure the rest out because he's certainly. And I can tell you from experience of working with people that have been associated with Creative Pro that. Maxwell Jacob Friedman did not learn fuck all of what he's doing now from them. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. No, he did not I learn how to cut a promo from Creator Pro. Um, all right. Creator so Statlander. <laughs> Statlander promo, mad. Right. Statlander bad. Um, Statlander is she from Creator Pro? Bitches be is. yelling a is lot she? backstage. I don't know. I think she's from Creator Pro, as a matter of fact. They created an alien that's not an alien anymore, though. Yeah, that's from New York um, that, Yeah, the yeah, exactly. the alien from New York City. <laughs> yeah. Sting? Long Island. No, the other Sting. <laughs> the, the sting. Yeah, sting. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs is in action next against local jobber GPA. Uh, quick one here. He basically just gives him a spine buster and gets the pin. Fine. Um, GPA then gets a chant from the Chicago crowd. Um while other stuff is happening, so that tells you exactly how well they've built this between uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro. When the crowd is chanting GPA while you're having a brawl, it's probably a bad sign. Uh, Miro, as I said, comes down to the ring. They brawl a little bit, uh, and then uh, he backdrops uh, Hobbs over the barricade, and then Hobbs slowly walks away, waving at him because Miro can't possibly figure out how to get past a barricade, apparently. He just Mm. shakes it angrily. Uh, vet, how much problem have you had uh, getting past barricades in the past? They're a real, they're a real problem for professional wrestlers. Yeah, they're called barricades for a reason, Chris. It's true. Like we wouldn't call them that if it was just very short wall. Like right. you know, they they really are a barricade. There's like an invisible force field that goes up over the top of it. Yeah, didn't you know, Chris? I mean, there's literally a force field that reaches yep. to the arena like ceiling. And you can't go past it. And that's why Miro and his God mm-hmm. couldn't like move the force. 
Well, it's a one. It's a one-way force field too. That's why when Miro oh. went, he could go through it, but he can't. You see what I mean? It's oh, like so he can go through it, but not over it, type of thing. Yeah, it's one of those type oh, of force oh. fields. So the main event. <laughs> so there's a there's a recap. Uh, recap, recap, oh, recap, recap. Uh, Kenny Omega and Takeshita are having a match at All Out. Who gives a fuck? Uh, or. Cassidy doesn't have a catchphrase, but he does apparently want to suck John Moxley's dick. So that's what? fun. Uh, main event time now. We're moving on. Uh, yeah, all right, Jay White. <laughs> well, it's time to suck Jay White's dick. Let's go, guys. <laughs> all right, let's let's, let's line up. <laughs> we're we're, we're well. moving here. Uh, Jay White, Dax Harwood have a match. Um, oh no. Pretty good spot here early on as uh, way, as uh, White lands a really hard chop and then dips right out of the ring. He's like, "Fuck this! You don't get you don't get comebacks. Uh, I'm leaving." Uh, then the match was nothing but chops, so that's it's fun. Um, yeah, uh, Jay got a pretty significant chop at one point right before the break, and he was like legit, like showing it to it to everybody. Like, look at this fucking thing. That hurts. That I am sore now. Uh, Jay White is just wonderful. Um, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Dax uh, goes for goes for often goes for pins often. He he kept going for a pin after big moves. It was almost it was almost like he was trying to win a competition against Jay White, and it was like it was a similar situation where White was similarly trying to go for pins, like they were actually trying to win a match. Um, Vet, have you ever seen this before? I it's this is strange. It's odd to see. Not not on this night. Uh, so I was very surprised. Um, yeah. Really? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, hearing Juice Robinson yell at the top of his lungs, complaining to the referee about everything is fan fucking tastic. Like it's terrible. So I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's real heel work there. Like annoy the shit out of everybody as much as possible. Good yeah. stuff. Well, like I told you before, Chris, You've already seen everything you you could see with Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson yeah. is the nice, juicy cheeseburger that you're in the mood <laughs> for. Sometimes, if it's exactly what you want, you want exactly what you want. And Jay Mignon is that uh, perfectly cooked fillet uh, that you can savor and enjoy and take your time like a civilized gentleman <laughs> or gentle lady. Yeah, gentle gentle person um there's a solid logical story here too by the way um something that we've talked about a lot on this uh on this program on this very program about how tag team wrestlers should generally win the tag team contests and singles wrestlers should generally win the singles contests oh it's a it's a a, strange but it's true um they basically tell this story and that, uh, you know, in tag matches, FTR seemed to have uh, Jay White's number. You know, he doesn't seem to be able to win any tag matches because he's not a fucking tag team wrestler. But whenever Dax has a singles match against Jay White, Jay White seems to have his number. It's almost as if tag team wrestling and singles wrestling are different. Um, and furthermore, it's almost as if Jay White has never lost a fall, whether he's in a tag match or not. Almost. Um, Jay White wins after a really solid contest here. Um, like it was a really good match. This was a, this was a very very good match, and I had a really hard time giving a shit because I had a, an hour and forty five minutes of nonsense before it, and everything with CM Punk. You know, I just it was hard to care, but. I did come away from this finding myself thinking, all right, 
I don't have to completely abandon professional wrestling. There's still some pretty good shit here. So the Bullet Club beat up FTR afterwards. The Bucks make the save. The Bucks now want to shake hands. And now FTR walks away. There will be no handshaking. Fuck you guys. We don't like you. You don't like us. Etc. Mm. Jimmy? <laughs> Look, the fact that Jay White was in this match, automatically I loved it, but still in saying that though uh, it was de- it was a decent match i mean what can i say i mean there was a lot of fuckery still but um jay white is a saving grace for saturday nights man as long as we keep getting jay white every saturday i'll continue to watch if i keep getting a program that's built around jay white ftr samoa joe i'm fine i'll, I'll keep watching <laughs> uh, i'm i got to be I got to be completely honest with you though like after I saw the announcement not not read the not read the thing that came out that was fine I didn't care that much about that but when I saw the announcement of I feared for my life and the life of everyone in Wembley because Damn it, I forgot CM Punk and Jack Perry were pushing each other there was a moment there where I thought okay if I didn't if I wasn't podcasting this is where I would just take a little break just, just yeah, walk away. She said that to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, just walk away, cool, and I would just focus on my books, and I would just write, and I would not give a shit about pro wrestling for about a month or two, and then maybe somebody would say, "Oh, did you see that awesome Kevin Owens match?" And then I might come back to watch, and I might not for a little while. But I'm damn it, there. Jay White and FTR are still really good, so I'm going to be back next week. Uh, <laughs> Vet, what did you think of the main event? It was a fine main event. Uh, it was the only thing I paid attention to, really. The rest was kind of being watched in double speed. Um, did you catch when Cash Cashin did this real quick on the? I was gonna say that up? too. You I got it. You got it. You yeah, saw it, Jimmy. Saw it. Okay, yeah. Did real quick just to get it in. Um, it's mouse. it's interesting. I like that because you see, there's people that walk that line between both worlds, right? Like they're, they're guys that like clearly FTR and Bucks really don't have an issue with each other, other than the peripheral players that yeah. you know just they just don't agree with. But personally, it seems like they're fine. You know, Jay's another guy that seems like it, it's, it's unaffected and goes back and forth. You know, there's a there's a couple guys like that that don't seem to have heat with the other camp and they're just kind of free to do as they please. So, you know, maybe now that uh, maybe that'll that i don't know it'll be interesting to see those little things like pay attention to those little details or like people's little lines in their promos to see if uh you know if if punk's excising will exacerbate or sort of settle down those tensions that have been sort of going on but uh the only thing i didn't like about the match was you know he hit the blade runner on the concrete that should have been the finish he should have just rolled him in and pinned him um he certainly should not have uh, had the wherewithal to give him an inside cradle, if we'll call it that. Uh, although it was a nice near fall because it, for a second there, I was like, oh my God, are they going to do this? And they didn't. So that was good. Um, but it was bad that he did it at all. If you wanted to give him the desperation, like I just barely got my shoulder up and then I have to get scraped up with a spatula and get the finisher hit on me <laughs> one more time. Okay, yeah, but no no small packaging after a concrete finisher. Don't do it. So other than that little detail, um, you know, I pretty much liked it. You talked about the powder, Chris, 
if Jay White had a five moves of doom, one of them would assuredly be the powder. It's it's an actual maneuver for Jay. And it's just a testament to his skill that he can get the powder over as a move. Um, I can't tell you how many matches I've seen where the bell rings and he just rolls out. It's so good. And you expect it to happen every time. And every time you you expect it to happen and it happens, you are never disappointed. You will never say, oh, there he goes powdering again. If you're a smart wrestling fan. If you're not, then it gets the heat that it's supposed to get. And then you complain and say, I don't see why everybody thinks Jay White's so good. All he does is powder. You know, that's... That's how you know he's good at his job. So, Or like Jargo pointed out, Jimmy, when he said, uh, you're not supposed to think Bang Bang Gang is cool. You're supposed to be exactly, annoyed by exactly. that. You're supposed to hate that. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. And unlike MJF, who's the other great heel, uh, Jay does not do it in the cartoonish, ridiculous way that uh, MJF has prone to do at times. No. That He leaves that up to Juice Robinson. Okay. Right. And then everything else he does, it seems like something a person could conceivably do if they were an unbelievable douchebag. Uh, so yeah. he's so he's probably not going to be in any dinner musical segments, but uh, he he will try to get some heat. So there there is some hope left, uh, but there are far fewer Jay Whites and CM Punks and you know FTRs and everybody else, sadly than the majority of the rest of them so yeah, future's still not of, looking as bright there's an awful lot of daniel garcia's in aew we'll just put it that way um and i mean the kid's not a bad like wrestler i haven't seen him do stuff that's like super dangerous but he's just who the fuck cares like the, there's nothing to him the only thing he has is that dance anyway um uh overall grades for the show uh jimmy will go with you first uh overall grade for collision this week uh man i'd say a d plus and it would have been an f if it wasn't for jay white for me man so yeah <laughs> excuse me i'll say d d plus all right good deal um vet letter grade uh, a, a d plus is fair a c minus might also be fair uh, depending on which way the wind blows i might go with either but again like jimmy said it's all the grade is all for jay Whatever letter grade they get, he has provided them. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and agree with all this. I was going to say F+, and the only reason why it's not just a failure. Um, okay, but realistically, we'll go with, uh, I'll say a D-. minus. Um, just not a great show. Obviously, everybody in the crowd was pretty much down and out to start with. This was an awful way to start the show. Um, and yeah, Jay White. And the FTR were great. Uh, everybody did their job there properly. Everybody else was who gives a shit. Um, somebody in the chat said, AEW Daniel Garcia equals WCW Alex Wright. How dare you, oh, yeah. sir? How dare you well, besmirch the name of Alex Wright? Um, <laughs> it's, he's a well, much better professional wrestler right? than Daniel Garcia. Um, From this to, <laughs> to that, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Well, um, Vet, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, at uh, 
Let's see, everywhere on HMG, really. You might find me on uh, the Monday Locker Room. You might find me on uh, Wreckage. You might find me uh, anywhere, but uh, you'll certainly most likely find me on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern with Big Ray Hernandez for the Next Level Wrestling Review. Um, thank you very much, Jimmy, for stepping in for me when I was oh. away. Thank uh, you, you and John, right. yes, and uh, thank you, Chris, for stepping in for me on my other show that you may have seen me on, which is every Monday at 6.30 Pacific p.m., 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That's the Impact Attack with Brandon, and uh, you and uh, you and Brandon had a great show, Chris, so thank you very much, uh, even though I popped in at the end to say hi, but I'll tell you again here. Um, and uh, you can find me uh, at Opinion Haver on all your favorite social media platforms, including uh, is Twitch a social media platform? I don't know, but I'll be going on there as soon as we get off of here. So come and hang out with me a little bit more. I'm planning on playing a little bit of River City Girls 2 with our own Jerome Hall. So uh, we're going to look to hook that up, a little collaboration, if you will. Uh, so come hang out, and uh, you can ask me more about Jay White and CM Punk and everything else. Right on, becoming a wonder triplet with Jerome. Uh, uh, <laughs> Detective T, where can the people find you? Detective T, I like it. I should change my handle to Detective T. Well, you can find me on the X, just like uh, Dax Daxton did or whatever his name is. Um, wow, Wildson? <laughs> wow, Wildson. <laughs> Cash Cashton, Dax Daxton, but more importantly, at DJ Massive Fixin on the x or the twitch i mean the twitter whatever it is see already elon musk is confusing me but also please like and subscribe at channelattitude.com where for five bucks you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling not just myself but not just chris but the vet how he's taken over all of channelattitude.com where you can find him on practically every show um also the pwcnetwork.popping.com where you can find all our other shows including the machismo and the skirmish and everything else. And finally, but not least, havingmediagroup.podbean.com where you can find all our affiliate shows. And that's a wrap. Right on. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1 where you can go there. You can see everything that I have to say about pro wrestling, politics, and whatever the hell else comes to my mind. You can find me on the PWC Network. I'm at multiple shows there, but mostly and most importantly for me at least uh the wednesday night skirmish my baby the original the first thing that we really came out of the gates with on that on that network and it's something that is still going strong you can find uh, a pretty cool uh monday night machismo actually this week where media m5 uh joined our very own uh, detective t um he's very excited about that we're very excited to have you on media m5 thank you for being there um, you can also find me right here on channelattitude.com for this show, The Smack Attack, and Rampage Uncaged every week. Uh, but most importantly, please do not forget, everybody, I'm going to keep reminding you of this every single time anybody asks me to do plugs. 10 o'clock, Central Standard Time in the morning, Sunday, after the wreck, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage. Thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. You guys were on fire today. We had a hell of a chat going all day. And uh, thank you for being a part of the show, everybody. Um, tune in next week as Tony, Tony, and Tony uh, continue to, uh, to bring us all of the best professional wrestling on Saturdays. And uh, you, too, can, along with us, sift through 
the wreckage. Thanks, everybody. Ole. Peace.